Mike Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, admin on the Kiss FAQ message board, and I am joined by Marcus Almighty. Mark, welcome back, sir. Greetings. The Voice of Reason, 69th Blizzard. How you doing? And a new face on the specific Kiss FAQ podcast, Alan, from the Ages of Rock podcast. And I did just ask you, but do you have a handle on the FAQ message board, or do you not go there? Yes, I do. It's Bootleg Hunter, and that's H-U-N-T-R. Because <laughs> in the old days, uh-huh. you were limited to how many characters your username could be, and you couldn't have spaces. So. Nope. And I originally got that uh, handle on uh, the Easy Tree, the first rendition of Dime a Dozen. So you're you're eight dot three file format friendly. So that that is I am old as shit. <laughs> well, that that's a polite way of, polite way of putting it. And um, you know, if you do follow the FAQ channel, we did a wonderful crossover podcast with a whole bunch of cats from different shows talking about the Gene Simmons. Uh, you know, vault a couple of weeks ago, and Alan, of course, was a participant on that. So we, that was a we, great discussion. It was a, it was a blast, and you know, we know a little bit more about it now, but you know, that's not what we're talking about today. So, um, Alan, before we get into our news bit, you know, just tell us a little bit, bit about the Ages of Rock podcast that you do for anyone who's hasn't watched that episode. Shame on you. Um, you know, so they know where to find you guys. <laughs> the Ages of Rock podcast is myself and two other older gentlemen like five years older than me or so but uh we're just three guys we all live in indiana and we just like to talk rock in general bitch about the rock and roll hall of fame uh stupid stuff like that and you can find i thank you dear my coffee was just delivered by the lovely mrs bootleg hunter (laughs) but uh anyway getting back to the ages of rock uh you can find us at agesofrock.com and uh as of today, uh, I were, we interviewed John Regan from Fraley's Comet earlier this week, and that it, that uh, that episode went live today. John is a classy guy and a great interview, so you know check out theagesofrock.com and uh, you know their latest podcast episode because John Regan always fun to talk with, especially with guys who are coming from a different perspective than you you know you may be expecting so news items we've got a a couple of things obviously danger zone is live at the moment someone actually had the audacity to ask why the hell did you call it the danger zone well go listen to crazy nights and figure it out or google it if you don't want to listen to crazy nights uh the last interview in the current series that i've been able to uh conduct goes up tomorrow and that is with uh bruce kielik and uh you know it's it's a great series of interviews that really do allow us to get behind the scenes. Obviously, Tim had done the one with Ron Nevison. I did Phil Ashley, Gary Corbett, uh, Diane Warren, Adam Mitchell was yesterday, and uh, C.K. Lent. So, you know, it's, it's a good sample on different areas of the album. Um, I'm going to keep plugging away at those people who I've not been able to get to and see if we can turn this into something a little bit bigger than a web feature. Who knows? Time will tell. There are definitely people I, I would like to speak to, not least Mr. Stanley himself, but that ain't going to happen, so I'm not going to hold my breath. Other news is I did um, 
do the reveal for the massive Kiss on Tour. Wow. This is the uh, special edition single volume book that I'll be selling in Atlanta and obviously by mail before Atlanta because it weighs six freaking pounds and I'm not lugging that amount of books to Atlanta. It obviously does have Vinny circa 1983, Creatures of the Night tour um, photo on the cover, but it is limited to 50 copies because of licensing and I want to keep it special. So look out for news about that and how to obtain it. There will be copies available to people internationally, but I do want to have copies primarily available for those who are attending the Atlanticus Expo in January. On which Vinny did indeed put a video message out. And if anyone was expect did. if anyone was you're damn right he did. You damn right he did. And if anyone was That's expecting more than a little bit of a tease with Vinny at this point, then uh, you're delirious. <laughs> yeah, you, you just weren't gonna get much more than that. But you know what? All you could see were his eyes. It looked better than his mugshot, so he looks a little bit more healthy than he was. <laughs> that, that's the way I looked. Uh, there was a little bit of a glint there, right? Um, some humor, so that's good and positive. So, all right, before we get into the topic, Mark, Project Gemini. Yes. I got my T-shirt. See. <clears throat> I'm oh, very first. nice. I'm a proud Gemini now. Very good. So on top of that, uh, just to let everybody know, those people who are in the Gemini Club, which I'm sure a couple of you there are. Uh, I just got my new Gemini, Project Gemini buttons, so everybody in the club will be getting one sent to them for your collection. Ooh, nice. And I also put on my on the Facebook page that the Canadian pre-orders went out already to vinyl, and as of this afternoon, a nice huge box went out for all the U.S. people. So your stuff is in the mail, so you should be getting your stuff awesome. very soon. So I hope you guys are happy. And all I have to do is just tend to the UK and uh, European people, and everything will be up to date. Awesome. So that, Should, that, that's... Shouldn't that be European people? <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> I'm never going to be allowed on the show again. That's it. I'm, I'm going to ban you from the board as well by the end of this episode, Alan. Um, one, it's all right. You know, one last thing before we do get into the topic is that we do have a board user, Ms. Starchild, who is uh, currently going through some challenges. So if you're of the sort of persuasion where you can send her some positive energy, a prayer, uh, whatever, however you do it, if you could certainly do so, it would certainly be appreciated. And, you know, she needs those positive vibes right now. So, um, you know, here's just a shout out to one of our board members who people have been thinking about. Let's get into today's topic. Oh, actually, no. I got my fucking Warrior CD. Oh, there it is. Yep. Nice. There you go. I'm not even opening it. Let's get into today's topic. And, uh, Alan, this was actually your idea. So, you suggested let's rank the uh, out-of-makeup albums, right? I thought we were talking about the album Unmasked. Just kidding. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. I've never seen anybody actually... Of course, I don't pay attention, so somebody may have done this already. But uh, I've not seen anybody do an episode of the non-makeup albums, and I thought that might be kind of cool to discuss. See how many haters' feathers we can ruffle here. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to attempt to do today is do our countdown of our our you know unmasked albums from least popular to our favorite. So... Mark, why don't you start us off with the Bob Ezrin album that you dislike the most in the Unmasked era? 
<laughs> well, you, you're going to be kind of surprised because my lowest ranking album is not that one, actually. You would think that it would be. It was my love of Bob Ezrin, not. But um, my least favorite uh, album from that era is going to have to be Carnival of Souls. Now, for me, the, the reason why I don't like this album is pretty obvious. To me, this is an album with no heart in it. It's just a band following trends very badly, I might add. And I just don't feel anything authentic in this record. It just seems like they were just going through the motions at the time when they did this. It's been kind of told that it's a Bruce Kulick record because he's all over it writing-wise and performance-wise, and he did a great job. Bruce Kulick is my favorite KISS member. I've said that a hundred times, and I love his playing, and he did a great job, but it's just not a KISS record to me that I ever, ever go to to listen to not even on CD even, I mean, let alone vinyl. So I, for me, it, that, that to me is the bottom of the barrel of the Unmasked Kiss records. Do you have any songs on that album at all that you like? Um, yeah, there's, I like Hate. Hate is pretty good. I mean, I think that it's a good opener. It is Gene, probably at his most Gene-like, vocally and musically. Um I do like Jungle as well. I thought that was good. The only qualm I have with Jungle is I think that they wrote out the ending a little too long on that song. If they would have trimmed about a minute off of that, I think it would have been a bit stronger. I um, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, and I think I think Paul's ballad is pretty good too. I think it was pretty heartfelt. And really, I think that's probably the most heartfelt, authentic song on there is that. I think you know he really put his heart and soul into that song. And which can be, which is more than I can say about some of the other songs on there. I mean, like I said, they're not bad, but it's just not a, it just doesn't pull me in that record to listen to it. No, and you know that's my bottom album as well. You know, it has not stood the test of time. Well, it sounds like shit. That uh, unfortunately, the production values just do not work for me now. And I'm I'm going to say that Gene's songs on this are some of the best Gene songs. 83 yeah, to 97 you know or to 95 when it was recorded it, it really is an album where he is stronger than paul which for me as a paul a, a bit of a paul fanboy is a, a little bit of a rude awakening I, I will never say that hates a fantastic song but it's a fantastic opener for this album um paul's stuff with the exception of master and slave and i will be there is paul is not that sort of angry negative in, in, when he writes at least yeah. you know person so it does you know rain i think it's gonna rain or in the mirror <laughs> or god you know for, for gene stuff is absolutely magnificent I, you know i confess seduction of the innocent but it's still my least favorite album and i walk alone you know i have a great deal of respect for bruce you know even singing it but i, I don't like the song in the slightest um so alan Hey, guess what song's at the bottom of my list? Carnival of Souls. <laughs> uh, I do like Hate. I I think, you know, I like Hate almost as much as I like the song Unholy. Uh, I also am a fan of Master and Slave and Jungle. Uh, I Walk Alone, I don't hate it. I don't love it. You know, it's, it's there. But this was a great 90s album, just not a great Kiss album. And I think maybe what you were trying to say earlier is Paul doesn't look good in flannel. 
that's a perfect way to put it, Alan. Yeah. Ken. Okay. Um, I was looking at, we we had ranked the albums not that long ago, um, all of them. Um, I still have my list, and I was looking at it, and I I re- I was rethinking it. Um, uh, At least the the non-makeup stuff. So, um, I I'm going to agree with you guys. Uh, I I didn't have Carnival of Souls on the bottom before, you know. But recent listenings to uh, Animalize and and other stuff that I've done, it's kind of changed my mind. Um, So, Carnival of Souls is going to be on the bottom for me, Um, mainly because. well, the Paul songs are not real, you know, like you said, Julian, not the greatest. Uh, they're not uplifting at all, which is what he usually does. And the other thing is, um, it's the least least like Kiss album, you know. Basically, it's not it's not Kiss. Basically, it's, it's you know it's like how the Elder was, where you know it it wasn't as a good album, but it wasn't a you know, a true Kiss album, I guess you could say, in a sense. So, Carnival Souls is going to be the bottom for me, too. Yeah, and a lot of people called it a bad Alice in Chains album, but unfortunately... Yeah, yeah you can say that. Alice in Chains put out good albums, so, you know, there's no yeah. comparison between this and them. It's them, again, trying to hop on a trend, and, you yeah. know, with all the the delays between actually writing it, Gene was writing this stuff back in 92, 93, 94... And by the time you get to late 95 and actually recording it into early 96 and then the delay into 97, you know, it's, it's just, it's roadkill by that point, musically, socially, everything. Musical roadkill. I have to remember that. <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate to describe an album that way, but, uh, you know, there you, there you go. All right. So that's number seven, I guess. And everyone kind of concurred. So you're number six least favorite um, 80s album. Alan, let's go to you on this, since we all have the same first, uh, our, our least. Hot in the Shade. Woohoo! You're not going to rise to I it? guess... Yeah. <laughs> Some of the lyrics on that album are read just... Read my body. Read my body. Are the letters big enough? You know... <laughs> You love me to hate you. Uh, if anybody wonders why Paul cannot sing in 2017, I think that song was a contributing factor. <laughs> don't get me wrong, there are some. Well, there are songs on every Kiss album that I like, but uh, you know, not many of them. <laughs> You know, you know the problem is when there are 15 songs on a Kiss album, there are going to be more songs for you to dislike. And right. you know, when I when I saw the album cover, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I thought the Sphinx wearing sunglasses, it's going to be a fantastic album. Here we go. It's not going to be crazy nights. It's going to be read my body. You know, it starts out with you know rise to it with the kind of yeah. acoustic intro which is just a freaking piss take of Cinderella's Long Cold Winter which was you know mm. funny that you mentioned that I was stationed in Germany when that album came out and I was walking through the store was called the Alkoff which is basically the German equivalent of Walmart I believe 
and I saw that. I did, had no idea Kiss was even coming out with an album. Snatched it up, straight back to my dorm room, put that in there. I heard the acoustic guitar. I'm like, they ripped off Cinderella. Took it out, didn't listen to that thing for like three years. <laughs> so so wow. with the exception of Forever, I had not heard any of the songs on that album until I moved to Colorado. Mm. You know, it was probably 92 probably 91 or 92 before I finally broke down and took that album out and just made myself listen to it. Well, that, I'm, I'm, that acoustic riff on the beginning just pissed me off. <laughs> oh, I, I loved it because, you know, obviously I love Cinderella, but, you know, this was one of the first CDs I bought. I'd moved out to Singapore, and I think I had three CDs at that point. I had Appetite, I had OU812, and I had Hot in the Shade. Those were my first ever CDs, so those were in pretty heavy rotation just because that's all I had on CD, and I was really bored of cassettes at that point. And rise to it, you know, to this day. And by the way, uh, this is my number six pick as well, my, you know, so I'm following everyone <laughs> else at this point. <clears throat> there, there were songs on here, you know, I'd heard Aces, Hide Your Heart, before I heard Kisses. Um, you know, I, I don't remember why. It, that's just how it worked out, you know, so I, I love that song. Forever, absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Betrayed, I thought was good. Cadillac Dreams, excellent. But the rest of it, you know, there is so much filler in there. Mm -hmm. The production is not, you know, coming off Crazy Nights, which you have to remember, again, was my first Kiss album. Coming off that crystal clear, sonically neutered production into glorified demos and drum machines the album didn't sound good it never sounded good on my stereo when i got a vinyl copy either because you know even mm -hmm. out in singapore i started picking up vinyl and trying to jam eight songs onto the side of vinyl is just like a crime against humanity so yeah I, I don't know whether it's the sound but i don't think there's the quality i think they went and kind of threw it all on and hoped that it would stick and it did not so number six poor pick mark okay well mine is not hot in the shade believe it or not um, you're fired no. <laughs> my my number six record is actually the one that you thought was going to be my bottom one which is revenge um revenge to me oh my god um actually i'll, I'll start by saying this something nice okay this is for sure bob ezrin's best production audio sounding wise to me i think he did a great job as far as that as far as produ producing good songs he did gr he did garbage because these, these have terrible songs on it. the only songs on here that really stand out to me are unholy is great i like take it off is good but i mean come on spit i mean that's just garbage you know it's absolute twaddle and same with Tough Love is complete crap as well. How and do you spell twaddle? <laughs> twaddle. <laughs> this episode of the but, Kiss you podcast is brought to you by the letter T. Twaddle. <laughs> I mean, I, I, and I even wrote this down. I go, when I, put, when I listened to it, I said, spit and tough love are enough to turn my stomach. You know, I mean, I don't, they just weren't songs that i thought that were up to their level at that time i was expecting a lot more to be quite honest with you at this point from kiss and it just seemed like they were just i don't know they were again 
sort of trying to cater to like a 15 year old at this time i kind of had the feeling you know that's, and that's exactly you know, what they were catering to mark i mean if you remember uh, the okay. uh, the surveys they did after hot in the shade what do you want out of kiss mm-hmm. we want to be 14 again okay okay but that's that's not what i wanted okay you were talking about my <laughs> list right and, and that's not what i wanted and i mean bob ezra has always had that kind of reputation for taking a song and turning it into something gold. Like, I mean, look at what they look what they said they did with Destroyer. Like, he went through all their stuff and said, no, this is not good. This is not good. We're going to use this. No, this is not good. Why didn't he do that with any of this? What was what possessed him to say, yeah, Gene Spitz, fantastic. You know, like, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I think that there's something wrong with him at this Maybe point. Maybe Bob likes the subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows? But all I know is that when I listen to this, there's a lot, there's, the production's good by him, but his going through the songs and making them into great songs is not there. There's a lot of songs on here that I feel are just weak, um, like apart from the singles. I mean, God Gave Rock and Roll to You Too, I think is decent. Domino is decent and Unholy's decent, you know, but for the rest of it, you know, they could do without Car Jam. I understand why they put it on there. But I mean, you know, Paralyze is decent, but I mean, it's not memorable, you know, and that's why that's where it is my list number six. Nice. Well, can't, you, you can't argue with opinion. Ken. <laughs> All right. Um, my next, well, mine is uh, also Hot in the Shade, uh, my number six pick. Um, it, you know, basically, it's too long. Too many songs, so they could have they could have trimmed the fat there. Plus, yeah, it's that demo sound is not the greatest. There are some good songs on there, um, you know, "Hide Your Heart" and "Rise to It," and you know, "Forever" is a good song, you know, great song. Um, but it, it's just it's more the sound, I think, and the inconsistency of uh, the quality of songs on there. Um, so. That's my number six pick. I'm not going to rip it as bad as Mark ripped Revenge. <laughs> you know, three of us picked Hot in the Shade, but if ever there was an album that is diametrically opposed to its tour, is oh, yeah. it, will, will anyone fault the Hot in the Shade tour in, in terms of the massive no. set list, all of the classics? One of the best. Coming? Yeah, you know, really where they start to start down. Well, they'd started it on Crazy Nights, really, you know, the second half of that tour. You know, having heading down the inevitable road of bringing more and more of the classics back into the set, but Hot in the Shade, you know, there was an energy and a power on that tour that was just so impressive. Listen to the bootlegs. So, all right, number five on your lists, and I'm going to go first on this one, Animalize. Um, I'm, I'm surprised this wasn't like further down my list because there is so much on this album that is just garbage. Sorry, Gene, it's mostly your songs. Uh, but there's so much that is pretty good, you know, Under the Gun, um, Into the Fire, Heaven's on Fire. I, I'm, I don't include, uh, you know, Get All You Can Take for Paul songs. You know, that's kind of a throwaway. So it's really kind of, we're, we're into the middle of our you know these albums of the list and it really fits in the middle that it's either really good or really crap and burn bitch burn is just crap (laughs) lonely is the hunter is crap 
Um, I won't say that about While the City Sleeps or Murder in High Heels. They're not fantastic, but I don't find them as atrocious as those uh, other two that I mentioned. So Animalize is my number five least favorite album of the Unmasked Era. Alan, your number five pick. Animalize. <laughs> you know what? You you can come back on this show anytime you want. <laughs> uh um, for me, this is one of those albums that Paul was firing almost on all of his cylinders, and somebody put uh, sugar in Gene's gas tank. You know, <laughs> none, none of the Gene songs on this album were any good at all. So I'm pissed in his gas tank. I still know all the words to them, but they weren't any good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, that, that's the problem with it. It was just, it was weak, it was disappointing. Gene... Gene, though, was he even there? Do, do you consider him a member of the band at this time, Alan? Not really. I mean, other than him coming in and recording his vocals, did he even play bass on his own songs? I doubt it. Debatable. I, don't I, I would say for the most part he probably didn't. Well, after listening to the audio version of, of uh, Paul's book for the last couple of days, I've been using that for, you know, Helping me get to sleep sometimes. I put it on my little things and I, I'm, 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 I'm asleep. I'm asleep within 10 minutes. But from what I remember last night, uh, it, he was talking about just that point of how Gene completely checked out and how he's starting to get really an, annoyed by him not being around at these time periods sure. and wanting still half wanting wanting half credit for production and stuff. Mm. Well, Gene was never shy. So, well, Mark, since you're uh, you're speaking, what's your number five pick? Well, not animalize. My number five <laughs> pick is Hot in the Shade. Now, my comments are basically a lot of the same of what you guys said. Basically, it's an album of slightly better than average demos, really. That's what it is. Um, there are some great songs on there. I mean, I love Forever, Rise to It's Good. I like Silver Spoon and Hide Your Heart and stuff like that. But there is a lot of junk on there. You know, and there's just and there's just way too many songs. Now, being a person who has done production work as well, I've always said to people that there's a good and a bad with having an album with so many songs on it. One, the good is that you could have a record with a lot of good songs on it, but then you could also have an album with a lot of shit on it too, right? If you don't learn how to filter your material properly you know, you won't have a strong record. And I think this is an example of the good not being able to eliminate the bad. So that's why it kind of sits in the number five spot. To me still, believe it or not, from a songwriting perspective, not sonically, from a songwriting perspective, there's more songs on Hot in the Shade that I like as songs than I do from Revenge. Yeah. Well, well, 15, wow. you know, it's not surprising. No, that's what I mean, see? <laughs> All right, Ken, your number five pick. All right, my, my number five is Animal Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly enough. Um, yeah, Gene, Gene phoned it in um, at this time period. Um, I guess I would say this is probably the his worst album, song-wise, of all their albums I'm going to think um so even though i do 
like a couple of them, of his songs, half of them, I guess, on the album. Uh, the Paul stop, all the Paul songs stand out. You know, that's what really stands out on this album. Um, from the you know the opener, um, I actually like get all you you know get all you can take actually a lot. Um, um, one of my more favorite songs. So it's it's a yeah it's kind of falls in the middle like you said, Julian, um, and you know it's not it's not a great album, but it's not a, it's not a horrible. It has some you know things that on there that you know make it listenable. All right. Let's move on to number four. And let's stay with you, Ken. You have the first word on this. All right, number four, which we talked about, I think we could go over so, uh, Crazy Nights and what's going on right now, the anniversary. So uh, Crazy Nights is there um, at four. Uh, it's, it's you know, again, it's has a lot of, gr- you know, well-written songs on there, great performances. It's just thin, you know. Thin sound, too thin you know, sounding. It's I want more, you know, uh, thicker, more bottom end. Uh, I guess uh, it's just that's what it's really missing for me. Um, but otherwise, you know, I listened like I, I listened to it last week, and you know, I enjoyed it. And like I said in that other episode, I, you know, those, I had some songs stuck in my head I couldn't get out of my head. So uh, obviously, you know. Usually a, a bad song doesn't get stuck in my head. It's going to be a good song. I never, if it was a bad song, then I'd be in real trouble. But, um, so Crazy Nights, good album. Uh, uh, it's, again, it kind of falls in the middle with, you know, Analyze. You know, it's neck and neck there for those two. Yeah, and you know what? I totally concur because that was my pick in, the, uh, in that spot as well. You know as much as it was an album that back in the day I despised because of just how different it was to you know you become a fan in 1985 and you have Asylum which is a pretty raw you know roughage filled rock album and then you dig back through the Kiss catalog over the intervening year and a bit you know until Crazy Nights comes out and all of a sudden you get that pap um, but yet, Turn On The Night, you know, as we discussed last week, remains a very yeah. good, you know, rock-pop song. Uh, the anthemic Crazy Crazy Nights, which I, I did shout out as, you know, being one of the high points of seeing them in Reno earlier this year and getting mm-hmm. to experience that live, you know, tuned down half-step or full-step or 18 steps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that they were good songs. There were good songs in there that are let down by the production and maybe allowing the keyboards to be a little bit too up in the mix. So, you know, that that was my pick. It's, uh, you know, what is it, position number uh, one, two, three, number four. four. So, yep. Alan, what about you? Number four. We are on a roll, brother. Crazy nights. <laughs> Go. <laughs> um, I, I like all of the Gene songs on here. I like this whole album. I think it has it holds a special place in my heart because it was released my senior year in high school. The Crazy Nights tour was the first concert I ever saw in my life. You know, and uh, the song "Good Girl Gone Bad" uh, might have a little special place in my heart because of my first woman <laughs> but uh yeah uh, uh i think the weakest song on this album for me probably is no 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 but i think the rest of the songs on this album i i love them all 
I think I think to me, Crazy Nights was probably Gene's first attempt at trying to come back to being in Kiss. I mean, from my point of view, I thought those songs were stronger than what he had done on Animalize or on Asylum. Yeah, I, so. I, I think it's easy to say that a song like No, 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 which is basically Eric Carr and Bruce with Gene's name slapped on it for you know working on some of the lyrics. Um, Hell or <laughs> High Water, I, I give that a shout-out every time I talk about this mm-hmm. album because I think that's one of his very best vocals. I said that last week on the show you know, about Crazy Nights, and it, it, it's kind of impossible not to reiterate that point that Gene, if you look at his stuff on Asylum, well, that was a little bit of a step in the right direction. You know, it was certainly a step up from um, Animalize, and then he falls by the wayside on Hot in the Shade. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, Gene on this album is way, way better than, you know, he had been and probably was for most of the 1980s. Mark? Okay, so to keep things rolling... I did not pick Crazy Nights in this spot. (laughs) My number four spot, one is going to be something that I think might surprise quite a few people, but let me explain. My number four record is Lick It Up. Now, the reason why I have Lick It Up in number four, let me go with the good stuff first. Okay, so I think the production is really good. Michael James Jackson did a good job. It had elements of, you know, Creatures of the Night still in it but a little toned back a bit. Not so crazy with the drum sound on this record, mm-hmm. but still it had a lot of balls and a lot of energy to it. The singles on this record, I think, are good. Lick It Up is great. I mean, sure, we're sick of it by now, but when it came out, it was a great single. People loved it. Everyone was, yeah, kisses back, baby. Right? And All Hell's Breaking Loose, you know, great song. Even funnier video, you know, to watch <laughs> for that, you know. So I think it, there's a lot of strong points in it. And to be honest with you, A Million to One, the song, is actually mm-hmm. what kept this record very close. It was neck and neck with this one in number three because of that song. Now, the rest of it, you know, and I'm going to be honest, because when I thought, when I made this list, I thought to myself, which records do I truly pull out on a weekly basis and listen to from these albums? And this one is really not one that I pull out that often. It's kind of in the middle mainly because I just find that some of the other songs are just not that strong or memorable to me. I mean, the back half of the record, like the last three songs, though Gene material is kind of, you know, it's not his worst material, but it's certainly not his strongest stuff either. So for me, there's more good than bad on Lick It Up, but it certainly isn't in my top three. And just to think how long Fits Like a Glove stayed in the set. It's not a good thing, but... <laughs> like a hot knife through... Ken! <laughs> Is this... Number three? Number oh, four. Are we on three? Yeah. No, no, we're on number yeah. four. Still. No, wait, I just did four. Okay, so you did number four. Uh, everyone done number four? So we're on number three? Yeah, yep. my four was Crazy Nights. All right, number three. Yeah, then you Ken. guys all did Crazy Nights. Okay. <laughs> My number three is uh, going to be Asylum. Yes. Um, <laughs> a, top, a top three album in Ken's personal catalog. For, for well, yes, for uh, the uh, non-makeup. Non-makeup. Yeah, if, 
if it was uh, if it was the makeup, then you'd say it's number twelve. But we're not. So I had that it's, already. It's, it's a top three album. I know. I know. Okay. Yeah. It's top three album. <laughs> Asylum is is my top three. So yeah, Asylum's a great album. Um, back to after you know, Animalize was kind of a well it, to me it was a big drop off from Lick It Up, um, and then they you know they started to get it back with. Uh, Asylum and it was pretty raw, pretty hard rock and well, you know, well produced. And the songs are, uh, majority of the songs are, are pretty good. Gene's trying to find his way back on it. He's getting close. Um, you know, I like Trial by Fire and you know, and a couple other ones. But uh, mm-hmm. Paul again is you know stands out on this. He's still driving the ship here. Um, so yeah, Asylum is. A very good album. I just, I just don't like the cover. That's the only thing I really don't like. <laughs> the cover just drives me crazy. But uh, it's a good album. Nice. I'm not going to disagree with anything you said for that album. Alan, your number three pick. I swear, people, we did not coordinate our lists. But my number <laughs> three pick is also Asylum. And I will every day I get a chance, I will give Gene a shout out for Trial by Fire. Because even though he will tell you his 80s output was absolute rubbish, he is wrong. Trial by Fire is probably my favorite 80s Gene song ever. Hmm. But uh, Asylum is my number three album. Like Ken said, this is, uh, you know, Gene's trying to come back and be a little more involved with Kiss. The songwriting is a little bit better. And I like all of the songs on this album. You know, um, gosh, which... One of the songs on here, I believe, has the log in the fireplace reference. You know, even that song, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to Mark. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. Hold on. That was King B and Hornets. This log in fireplace was burn, bitch, burn off of animal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Somebody's going to correct that, so I may as well do it myself. There you go. Well, you know, right now they're watching the show, furiously typing on Google to make sure that you're wrong, and you just corrected them. So, lay off the typing keyboard, Warrior. We self-correct sometimes. Mark, number three. <laughs> okay, so my number three is Crazy Nights. Now, again, the good and the bad. For me, we talked about this last week, too, when we talked about Crazy Nights, is a lot of great songs on this and I'll again say this a hundred times over Paul and Gene are at their vocal best on that record I don't think that there's a record they did in the 80s that is as good vocally than Crazy Nights Gene I think is fantastic singing on this record Paul is absolutely fantastic on it the only thing really that kind of pulls back this record for me and you know unfortunately because of me being the kind of audio geek guy that I am and working in studios and stuff is the production. I think it needed stronger production. Yes, I know Ron Nevison, this was sort of his sound and his deal, you know, back in the, the mid-80s there when he was working with all the other bands there, like, you know, the Hearts and with Ozzy and all that stuff. But, you know, he... It's it's not a bad sound, but I just don't think it's a sound that works good for Kiss. I mean, I put I put on the other day the record downstairs on vinyl and it was it's it sounds good it's very 
clear and crystal and stuff, but it just doesn't have the bottom end and fullness that you would want from a Kiss record. So that really pulls it down for me. But the songs are decent. You know, sure, there are, you know, one or two, you know, questionable songs still on there. Uh, but I think overall, it's pretty decent. If they would have had um, a better overall mix of it, I think it would have even been even that much better on there. But again, No, No, No uh, has a soft spot, in, soft spot in my heart, mainly because I think Bruce is absolutely on fire on that song. The whole kickoff of that song is just, you know, you know Bruce you know, sending an announcement to the world that he's here to stay with Kiss. So uh, I love that song, and mainly for that reason. So number three. Yep, good pick. And, you know, something that does stand out on that is go and listen to Ozzy's Ultimate Sin. Does that sound anywhere near as thin as Crazy Nights? No, yeah. it does not. You know, yeah. if Crazy Nights could sound a little bit like the sonic sig- signature on The Ultimate Sin, it'd be uh, probably a lot better received and kind of, you know, it may stand up better. But it, it is just, yeah. I mean, it's wafer thin, the sound. It's uh, its really a shame. All right, number three. Let, let me before, before you start, let me throw something in real quick. Uh, he threw in a... Props to Bruce for his guitar work in No, No, No. I wanted to also throw in props on, on the Asylum album. My favorite Bruce lead ever is uh, on Who Wants to Be Lonely. I just, that's fucking badass, for lack of a better term. That is all. Carry on. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, singing the praises of Bruce is a good thing because, you know. Absolutely. On, on Asylum, he was a wild man. On Crazy Nights, you know, listening back to that album, I said it last week on the show about it. You know, his guitar work in this period is just so overlooked. Everyone thinks revenge is Bruce's high point. I'm sorry, Bruce had a high point from day one with what he brought to yeah. the band lead-wise. He, he just had the right stuff at the right time. And, you know, in, in listening back to Crazy Nights, it's just, it's it's amazing. You know, it's as, as aggressive, but it's, you know, a little bit neutered because of the production as the stuff on uh, Revenge. So it's not like he suddenly found his balls. It's like the producer was able to present it better. All right. So speaking of which, number three pick for me, Lonnie, Revenge. And, <laughs> you know, when I, I laid out all these albums and kind of, did the little domino thing with them and trying to figure out where they sit in in my preference order revenge as much as it has some very low lows and that is the ones that have been mentioned tough love into spit is one massive fucking speed bump on that first side um for just being really really bad songs the high points okay i'll say it gene unholy yeah, that is a timeless Kiss classic. No matter how I would like to look at it, God gave rock and roll to you. That's a Kiss classic. Domino, which I thoroughly enjoyed hearing the other night in Edmonton, is a Kiss classic. Um, Heart of Chrome, which has always been my favorite song on the album, remains that. Every time I hear that, I love it. There, you know. Every time I look at you, another Paul Stanley ballad that hits it out of the freaking park. Um, Paralyzed really really good song i just wanna well i don't really wanna but it's okay um <laughs> and then the little the little tip of the hat to eric Carr with car jam so you know 
all in all, as much as I don't like how they were going for the 14-year-old demographic again with a lot of the kind of lyrical stuff, I have to keep kicking myself and saying, Julian, it's KISS. When were they ever aspiring to higher art? They, they never were, <laughs> except for maybe with the elder a little bit. You know, you gotta you got to remember that it is KISS that you're a fan of. You're not wanting Pink Floyd-level lyrics. And, you know, if, if you take the production, you take it, it is one of the best sounding Kiss albums in their whole catalog. Bob Ezrin absolutely nailed what he was trying to capture, the performances. So, number three pick Revenge. No, awesome. I'm totally losing track of where we are because I'm going so far out of order. So, if I. Number two. Have I, was I the last person on number three? Yeah, you were the last one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, and well, I'm going to have to try and follow my screen around here. Uh, Ken, number two pick. Okay, well, the one you just talked about was my number two. It's Revenge. Um, I agree with everything you said about it. It is one of the great, you know, best-sounding um, Kiss records. Um, Gene was totally back on this one. Uh, I I like every one of his songs on this album. Um, I, I think they're all good. Um, Paul Stanley's, most of them were good. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of them that uh, are not. Um, though, you know, you talk about spit and people give spit a bad you know, thing. I, I kind of enjoy it, you know, because <laughs> it's my, my adolescent self, you know, and, enjoys that. And I think when we talked about this album once, you know, way, way back, I said that I kind of though imagined this song would, would have been better off with, uh, you know, David Lee Roth singing it, um, and Van Halen doing it. It's like a Van Halen song. So that's that's just how I felt about it. But I I enjoy it. Um, tough love, like you said though, tough love is is tough to sing, uh, to listen to sometimes. Um, you know, I kind of want to skip that one. Um, otherwise, you know, everything else is pretty darn good. You know, every time I look at you. Is is a great song, but it, it um, you know it became greater on you know unplugged. Um, I think it really hit its true form and best performance there. Um, if they could have done that on the album, it would have been even better. But uh, you know, I can't say too much bad about it. It's, I thought it's a great album. Um, it was a good time period for me. You know, I saw I saw them in the club tour in San Francisco um, when they. On the first show, actually, it was the first show in San Francisco, uh, and it was great. And uh, like I said, they were playing it as we walked in. They're playing the album; it wasn't even out yet, uh, so it was, it was very cool. Uh, great album. And that's one of the most obscure videos that they had uh, made. Every time I look at you, they did the studio version in '92, and that, that's right. You know, I don't think I've ever seen a crystal clear copy of that. So that would be a great one that they could throw up on iTunes for two ninety nine. You know, for you know, pay per play. Wait, come on, Universal, two ninety nine for something that's already sitting there, basically free money, guys. I know. <laughs> it just boggles the mind to me that you know you can't go out there and buy every single Kiss concept video and actually watch it, you know, individually. They won't they won't put a fucking package together with all of them. But you know that that's a really cool one. Alan, what's your number two pick? I swear, Professor Gill. Ken and I did not cheat off of each other. <laughs> my number you look two at my notes. I, I don't believe you because on my screen you're looking over his shoulder right now. 
Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Uh, my number two pick is Revenge, and it was really tough for me to pick between Revenge and Lick It Up because they are both, to me, such badass albums. But what kills it? What kills uh, Revenge to be number one for me is uh, Every Time I Look at You is my least favorite Paul ballad. Ooh, and uh, Tough Love, uh, Sexy Conversations in BBC, uh, WTF. but i mean other than that i the rest of this album to me is really really solid uh spit like you can uh the 15 year old alan thinks that's the funniest damn song ever (laughs) and gene and paul kind of swap vocals on it so there's that yeah now now you're in the midwest so uh indie expos were you at any that where bruce had the uh, demo tape that he would play along to did you ever get to see him do any of that stuff in the 90s or early part of the 2000s no the only indie expo that i went to that bruce was at his brother bob was also at and i went up there to ask bob to come do the evansville expo Mm. so that would have been that would have been January of 2004 when I saw Bruce and Indy. Oh, wow. Oh. All right, Mark, let's move on to your number two pick. Okay. So, my number two pick is Animalize. What? Now, oh, you, yes. You got some explaining to do. Hey, hey, don't let them, don't let them diss on you, man. That's your pick, your opinion. <laughs> well, okay, so, because for me, there's 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 a couple of things on here that make it that way. Again, the first thing was, like I said before, what records have I been pulling out and listening to a lot of late from these ones? And Animalize, surprisingly enough, has been one of the ones that I have been pulling out and listening to a lot. Now, mainly because I think there's a lot of great guitar playing on this record. I really like the guitar playing on this. And Paul, Paul's songs on here, I thought were, were, were really good. I mean, I, I love you know Into the Fire. I love Heaven's on Fire. I love Get All You Can Take Get and all those songs. I love all that stuff. I think I think it was really well done. Um, and really, the the I think that Paul's songs, again, are so good that they make me overlook the weak material that Gene had on this record. But another thing kind of occurred to me, and I, I'll freely admit why I think that this record has become such a, a a constant listen to me, is because it has a really strong memory attached to it as well. Because I remember back years and years ago, when the first time my uncle and my cousin came from Slovakia, this is just after they claimed independence and got out of the Soviet Union there, they were able to start traveling and my uncle and cousin came to visit and my older sister had gotten animalized on record and we were playing it in our room and my cousin who was down was listening to it and he just loved it. You got to remember back in the day then they never got records like that in Slovakia during the Soviet era there. So he was like, what is this? Like he was just like totally floored by this record. So it was played a lot during the two two and a half weeks that they were down visiting and while there's been a period I'll admit where I haven't listened to this record very much as well but of late when I listen to this record I can't help but 
have memories of my cousin because I've been talking to him a lot of late too. He's a doctor now, and he's a uh, you know he's been living in the U.S. as well, so we've been communicating a lot more. So I kind of have I think subliminally back here a kind of connection to that record because of that, and it gives me a good memory too. So when I listen to it, I don't have anything kind of negative to think about it. I just keep thinking positive thoughts based around it. So I think that's really helped bring it up into that number two position for me. You know what? If nothing else, it is a good sounding record. That's probably yeah. one that I can say that Paul Stanley did an extremely good job on. It sounds rich. It's full. Um, it's well defined and well separated. Um, so you know, it, it's you know, it, it's not as bad as maybe you know. I, I kind of put it low down on my list, but you know what? It's their best-selling studio album of the 1980s, hands down. So. You know, obviously it was building a little bit on the two albums that came before it, um, but but there you go. It, it is not all that bad. Come on, Gene Simmons, Burn, Bitch, Burn, Logs and Fireplaces, and you know it <laughs> it, it, it it does kind of um, cover all the bases you would expect Kiss to cover. I think the album art on that I find worse than Asylums. Mm-hmm. You know, just the kind of animalized print. I think they could have done something a little yeah. bit more creative than yeah, that was, to kind of get across the bad. point of animalized. Because I think as a word, you know, within the context of Kiss, you know, it's a great word to kind of associate with the band. So, you know, good, a, a good pick. All right, my number two. And this is really tough um, because obviously I only have two left. And it's Asylum. It's just so central to oh. my essence as a Kiss fan it's the one that made me a fan um it it wasn't just the uh, Mm -hmm. all-night twins it wasn't just the volcano and paul swinging on a vine it wasn't just um bruce kulik falling backwards into a water into a pool it wasn't paul in a shower with gorgeous babes it was that i i think there is a hell of a lot of really good just really kiss music on this i think it's an album for uh, for everyone who's watched the video of Double Virgo doing the cover of uh, what was it Secretly Cruel and turning it into a 70s Kiss vibe, for which me, was well done, which was incredibly mm-hmm. well done. But that kind of made a point on a song that I really don't like, that it translates well into what Kiss was all about. That they had recaptured a lot of those traditional elements from the 70s on that album. Um, you know, not with you know, withstanding the you know, who wants to be lonely is just epic as a freaking ballad. Uh, Tears are falling is, it's not epic, but it's just an incredibly well crafted rock pop song. So that whole album, I love the cover. Yeah, I think it probably could have been again like Animalize a better cover for what they were trying to get across. They really got away from kind of the really Kiss covers. You know, Lick It Up is the last of the really good ones. Hot in the Shade is, you know, okay as what it tries to represent. So those Animal Eyes and Asylum don't really work. But every song on that album, there's a couple, you know, that, you know, a little bit meh. But, you know, 8 out of 10, it's right at the top. It's the one that got me into the band. It will always be near the top of any list I do about KISS, whether we're including makeup albums, whatever, um, just because of the personal connection I have with the album and for how strong Gene, you know, particularly very strong with Paul and Bruce, absolutely fantastic. But let's also say Eric fucking Carr. 
right, monster right from the beginning yeah king of the <clears throat> mountain is one of the for me one of the very very best leadoff tracks on any kiss album period going straight back to 74 so my personal taste shoot me i'm wrong all right number one picks and i'm just going to keep going the same direction we were ken okay uh my number one pick is lick it up um this is also one of my you know favorite albums of all their albums um not their number one for me but uh for non-makeup yeah it's number one um great album Uh, we've gone over it before um i think the only thing that to me on there is my least favorite song on the, the whole album is is uh young and wasted um you know, I, it was played in you know the con- you know, concerts a lot back then, and um, you know with Eric singing it. But uh, the the whole album is just great. Uh, to me, it just rocks like crazy. I mean, it's all thanks to Vinnie Vincent, in my opinion. Um, his songwriting credits on most of the songs. Um, you know, "Lick It Up" is basically the same song that he wrote on his own, basically. The, the demo it's just you know it's his um so and that was the big song the big hit song um though i think they could have released a mirror into one uh, as a single um because that's that's just a classic in my opinion for them um but the whole thing is great um i, I you know I, I can listen to this any day and you know without skipping really skipping the song even the gene songs were pretty darn strong um you know at the at the beginning i i think sometimes like uh, dance all over your face this guy guy uh, you know what's he doing but you know i enjoy it uh, i still enjoy it i thought it's, it's pretty good i like the riff um so and fits like a glove which is you know our <laughs> buddy daniel's favorite song uh daniel from sweden um he lo- he always tries to get that one in there so i'll give a shout out to that one for for Daniel, I thought that's it, but it's a cool song. It's a cool song. They just played it in uh, in uh, live too many times for me, and I got a little tired of it. But uh, again, just a great, great album, well produced, of course, by uh, Michael James Jackson. Again, yeah, not the drum sound of Creatures, but it's all right. It's, it's good enough, and it's it's just a great rocking album. One of the, one of their best. And you just said three key words there, and that is Michael James Jackson, who is going to be on the Kiss Cruise. So, you know, if people are thinking about questions for the Q&A with, uh, with him, please think of intelligent ones, because he has not, <laughs> you know, he has not come out of the woodwork in many, many years. So this may be your one opportunity to ask something interesting. So use your question wisely, because it may be the only chance that all of your brothers and sisters in the KISS Army get to uh, kind of ask vicariously through your choice. So if you ask something fucking stupid, you will have wasted a golden opportunity. So, well, if, if anyone asks something stupid, maybe they'll make them walk the plank. Yeah, don't, don't, be, one of those, <laughs> yeah. don't be one of those people who used to call into Metal Shop. You know, do not be that person. Don't be the metal shop voice. All right, Alan, your top pick from the 1980s is? Surprisingly enough, 
Lick it up. <laughs> now, uh, Ken said that I, you said something to the effect of uh, Young and Wasted was probably your least favorite off of there. You know, because Eric Carr sang it in concert, I think that's probably one of the reasons I like that song so much now. Mm-hmm. But uh, my least favorite song on the Lick It Up album is probably Dance All Over Your Face. The music is good. The lyrics, you know, you know, it's Gene. You know, you're you're gonna get right. uh, meat and potatoes, and every once in a while, you know, the meat falls on the floor, and he picks it up and eats it anyway. <laughs> you know? But uh, a million to one is my absolute favorite Paul ballad. Oh, yeah. You know, and you know, you said it should have been released as a single. One of my biggest complaints about Kiss is. It should have been a. We could do a whole show on it. Should have been a single. Kiss songs. Good you know, well, this is a good song. It needs to be a single. Well, we're going to release this one instead. Well, <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Lick it up is my number one non-makeup album, and I think it's my number three all-time Kiss album. Yeah, I think for most fans, it's going to be pretty high up on their list, no matter what. Um, I'm going to jump in. You know, I, I thought my number one would be the 1985 reissue of Creatures of the Night with the uh, non-makeup uh, cover. <laughs> no, I, I, I was totally going to cop no, out and, and just cheat, yeah. uh, being the English bastard that I am. But you know, Lick It Up is just by far my only problem with it is that there are sonic differences between Lick It Up and Creatures of the Night. That if I could have Lick It Up sound exactly like Creatures of the Night, Sonic mm-hmm. Signature, it would be absolutely perfect. It would be like a high and dry, a back in black yeah. quality album of, yeah. you know, just absolutely perfect. But, you know, from the first notes of Exciter, which is again one of the very, very, very best Kiss leadoff tracks, um, you know, through and through the whole album, and a million to one, I was so chuffed in 2006 when Paul went on solo tour and that was in the set you know I didn't care about anything else magic touch forget it a million to one was the one that left me gaga googly eyed um you know I was just like spongebob there oh rainbow Uh, um but but as for Gene I mean not for the innocent I hate or I hated until I heard really? the until I heard the '82 demo when it when it came out and hearing how heavy and that song originally was, it gave me a new appreciation for the song as it had developed by the time that they recorded it for "Lick It Up." Again, weakest song on this album is "Dance All Over Your Face" for me, and I think that is the Simmons track that needs the Vinnie Vincent co-write credit added to it because I think Vinny could have saved that song. Vinny could have made that song fucking awesome. But I think Gene said, no, I am going to have two of these all to myself, and you're not getting anything from it. Um, so there, there's so much good on Fits Like a Glove, I used to hate as well. But after listening to so many 80s concerts, it, it's kind of, in, you know, it's like a hot knife through butter through my brain. It's just embedded itself, <laughs> and I, I enjoy it, There, you know. Every single song, even the weakest. Mark, top pick, number one. Well, you knew it was coming. The number one album for me, hands down, has got to be Asylum. Now, Asylum, to me, represents the perfect unmasked Kiss record. 
there's everything about this record is just top notch. Eric's drumming, Bruce Kulick's fantastic guitar playing, Paul's songwriting. We said it a hundred times. I mean, the, these songs are just gold. You know, Who Wants to Be Lonely, Tears Are Falling, even All Night is great. I love it. I mean, there's not a single song on this record. Maybe uh, Love's the Deadly Weapon is probably the only song I'm a little meh on. But other than that, I mean, I, I think everything about this album is fantastic. I think the production is perfect for it. I think Paul did an outstanding job with this record. You know, I think that he he had a vision that he wanted with this record. I thought that he was kind of gearing for it on Animalize and then kind of focused in and really molded it into what he wanted on Asylum. And I think that there's not one song on here, like I said, that I would skip. Even Loves a Deadly Weapon, I would just, whatever. It's just my least favorite song on the album. But again, it's, it's just one of those records where, again, I have another memory attached to it that even brought it that much more higher up, is back in the day when I was getting really into guitar playing, and started, you know, really focusing on lead playing. There was there was series of tapes that were out. Those Starlicks tapes, where okay. you had guitar players that would show you how they their style of lead playing that you could buy. And Bruce Kulick had one, and I never forget the very opening sequence on that is the guitar break in, you know, King of the Mountain. And I was like, oh, so that's how he plays. You know, back then I didn't know how to play lead so well. So, and I remember just sitting down for hours going through that with my guitar and then finally nailing it off. Yeah, you know, because I loved that song, you know, so much. I mean, it's such an amazing song. I mean, Julian said it too. That's probably the best opening Kiss song on that record, like, ever, you know? And, like, just those things, like, on top of it being a great record, that memory of sitting down and conquering a guitar part like that, you know, when you're younger, off that little Starlix guitar tape there at home, that also was like a memory that makes this album just sky, skyrocket up the chart for me as a favorite record. So Asylum for me will be that record. And like I said before, when I went on tour with my bands, there was always those records that I had to bring with me in the van for the, for the long trips. And Asylum was always, always in my bag for that. Who was that other guitar guy in the... Uh... Was it Doug Marks or? Yeah, uh, Doug Marks. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, yeah, I, I, and, uh, can't, I can't remember. Well, Michelangelo, be... oh. Michelangelo Batio did those kind of ones, and Doug oh. Marks had a tape. Ingve had a tape. All kinds of people had. It. Paul Gilbert. Learn how to play lead guitar in five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look back to the. Uh, I guess the unmasked era. What are the most important things for each of you that kind of made you pick these? Is it the sound? Is it the songs? You know, what are the elements that made you pick these, Alan? For me, it was mostly the ones that had my most favorite songs. You know, you go from that to after you get from Lick It Up to Revenge, you get down to the Asylum and Crazy Nights, and those are. Uh, certain periods in my life they have meaning that are involved with certain events or certain you know senior year in high school first girlfriend stuff like that you know um stuff like that uh i'm gonna say stuff like that like 12 times because i'm a stuck record right now <laughs> <laughs> but for, for me mostly it was the 
the, I like most of the songs on the albums, and then songs, memories, and then whatever's left over. And Ken, for you, I mean, obviously you had been a guy who had been a fan from the 70s and had seen, you know, the three creature shows going into the Unmasked era. I mean, did you stay current with them through, you knew Asylum Asylum was out, you knew Animalize was out? You know, where did that kind of fall for you? And how did you judge these albums as you received them, you know, for a guy who, who dates back to, the, you know, the 70s? Yeah, well, I stayed, I stayed current with it um, through all those albums. I mean... I never jumped ship. <laughs> I, I never jumped ship. So I, I was there through waiting for the next Kiss album. Usually it was, you know, every year you used to get one. Um, and then, it, you know, you had the delay for Crazy Nights. But uh, I remember, you know, watching on TV, on MTV Live, uh, when they did the unmasking or Lick It Up and playing the video. I, I remember sitting in, in front of the TV with a couple of friends of mine. And it was like it was you know an exciting thing, and I immediately bought it that next. I think I want to say it was Tuesday they used to release the albums. Or, it was Tuesdays, you know. yeah. Right. So uh, I I know I went to the mall. I, I went to the mall. I I can still remember buying Lick It Up, going to the mall uh, at my lunch hour, walking to the mall from this where I worked at the time. Went to the mall. Actually bought the cassette of that one first that's the first copy I got it was the cassette uh, because I wanted to be able to throw it into my car uh, when, when I uh, on my way home uh, but, but you know I got the vinyl lot. so yeah I kept I kept it up to date on all that stuff plus but for this one look it up it's the sound and the quality of the songwriting just the, the whole package of that one just worked for me and that's why I love it. And it's like Alan said, you know, it's it's a songs. You know, his favorite, more more of my favorite songs are on that one than maybe the other albums. And again, it's the production. You know, that helps a lot. Yeah, you know, for my personal story in history, obviously with getting into the band in '85, it's kind of odd that "Lick It Up" is one of the very last albums that I actually listened to. Um, you know, I oh, went, really? yeah, I went back and I dug into the catalog immediately after becoming a fan so stuff like double platinum alive yeah. the first album rock and roll over etc etc i never went out and bought lick it up i'd seen the video and i was like meh you know oh. on mtv you know and right. it just it did not do a whole lot for me and i had a friend dave slackey who had the tape and that i think was the only kiss cassette he had so i finally heard the whole thing and it was like another revelation after having that revelation with asylum uh, all of a sudden, Mr. Gill, there is more to music out there than, say, Quiet Riot and um, Twist's Sister mm-hmm. and, God help me, Def Leppard, you know, for Pyromania. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, Kiss is much more than all of those bands put together for the history that they have. You know, for that to have been the, kind of the last album I caught up with as I went through the back catalog, it, it seems kind of odd because it was only two years earlier that it had come out so you know one of those very weird things i will say that lick it up i could happily live forever and never hear again 
with how that song has become in concert with the extended it's 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 been brutalized just like middle yeah that that just drives me nuts now just how extended it and drawn out it it has become i know it kills a good segment of the show for you know kind of performance from a performance point of view but it just kills what is otherwise you know a decent song just like they killed i want you you know earlier on in the 2000s mm. they, they you know it, it's just one of those things that have been it's like child abuse you know you don't do that mm-hmm. to, you don't do that to great songs but <laughs> all right so and you know that that's our list if you've got them handy well before we wrap it up i think we should give either an honorable or dishonorable mention depending on your point of view to let's put the x and sex no. you make me rock hard no and no. Eric Carr's version of Beth. No, do we have to? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but they they at, least, they at least should be mentioned because they are part of the non-makeup catalog. No, they, they should never be mentioned again, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You don't like to watch Paul Stanley fly on a trapeze? And... Or sh- shake himself in freaking uh, armor? No. <laughs> in in, in chainmail? No. Uh, you know, I, I, I will tell you a story that... Uh, you know, when I saw those videos for the first time, and obviously I was out in Asia at the time, and uh, most of this stuff was banned in Singapore um, because it was just deemed, you know, offensive, immoral, and all that. I finally saw the "Let's Put the X in Sex" video, and I thought Paul was sick. I I, I thought mm. he was actually ill with how gaunt he kind of looked. He did not look healthy. I was worried about his health, and here we are, 30 years later, and he's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know just just kicking along but i was worried as a as a music fan you know at that time there were people who were getting sick and kind of dying and obviously you know that became a little bit more of an issue in the early 90s that i was worried about paul stanley when i saw him in those videos he did not look good um versus what you see in exposed but how dare you bring up those songs and just like ruin it? What was otherwise a great episode has been like dragged down. Um, you know, b- before so we forgettable. Ra- you know, before we wrap up here, um, you know, let's just run through our lists. You know, from top to bottom. So I'll start with mine. Least favorite: Carnival of Souls, Hits, Animal Eyes, Crazy Nights of Revenge in the Middle, Asylum, and Lick It Up are my favorites. Um, Alan, your list. Carnival of Souls, Hot in the Shade, Animalized, Crazy Nights, Asylum, Revenge, and Lick It Up. Ken. Carnival of Souls. Uh, what was it? Uh, Hot in the Shade, Animalize, uh, Crazy Nights, and then what did I do? Uh, Asylum, Revenge, Lick It Up. Mark. There's an echo in here. Carnival of Souls, Revenge, yeah. Hot in the Shade, Lick It Up, Crazy Nights, Animalize and Asylum, number one. Yeah, Mark Mark was outside the box on this one. Um, before we do wrap up, obviously I did go to Edmonton last weekend to uh, see Gene Simmons in concert. I would like to give a shout out to Mark and to Keith for being wonderful hosts while I was there. One picked me up from the airport, one dropped me off the following day. Had a, a free upgrade to the freaking master suite at the, uh, at the hotel in an absolute shit part of town right by the venue um seeing gene simmons solo in concert uh amazing 
what a fucking band he has. And to fill in the guys, the Nashville Guitar Attack, you guys are fantastic. You, you know, you've got the chops on the guitars, and to see, you know, three, obviously, lead, rhythm, interchangeable players just um, doing it all vocally as well, backing up Gene, Brent, the man from Winnipeg on drums, who I, I was actually, I've seen him with Union, of all bands, and not a lot of people got to see that, and for all my tales of missed concerts and all these experiences I did not get as a KISS fan, I did at least see Union in concert. Um, fantastic show. High points for me, charisma, getting to see Gene do that. Domino, uh, you know, insane. Ladies in waiting. And, I, you know, I... I hate you. <laughs> yeah, you know, for everything I've missed, I, you know, it was a short show. I, I was, you know, a little bit bummed in one sense that that was the set. And from the set list, it was the set. And, you know, he'd been doing 16 songs in some other places. But it, it's such a unique experience to actually get there. And I was front row. I was right in front of the stairs. And, it, you know, right, basically right in front of Gene. So from that perspective, it was absolutely fantastic. But, you know, I cannot win. In April, when I went to Reno, I had shit seats. I enjoyed the concert. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the meet and greet. I'm not going to complain. Um, had a great photo with the band. Obviously, it's uh, on my Facebook page. Gene checking out my t-shirt and Paul looking over my shoulder. Fantastic. Uh, this one, I had fantastic seats. Could not be better. It was just, you know, absolutely awesome. Front row. You know, get to be as close to Gene as you could possibly be. You know, I didn't go up on stage because I opted not to. Um, not because I was shy, just because I decided I thought it would be better for other people to enjoy the experience rather than me. But I got the fucking worst possible VIP photo with Gene possible. Go in there, pose, you know, Gene, do the, I do the ace thing. Um, they take the picture, say, okay. I look it up on the website and it's got me turning to say thank you to him, you know, side face. <laughs> he's, he's just sitting, he's just sitting there with his photo face on, looking completely bored. Worse, I, I won't even print it out. Just the worst fucking picture possible. But you know what? Gene was absolutely awesome during that. You know, during the actual photo itself, he was like, you know, pure business, get through it, and then doing the autographs afterwards. Uh, obviously, I did get a picture of. Uh, the Odyssey draft picture take uh, autographed so that we could put up, that up for charity uh, for, for Ken Mills's uh, vault is where that went and he was like what is this do I have this have you sent me this he said yes she sent you, the, sent you the book so you know Gene was fantastic <laughs> everyone you know with the organization of how it went down in Edmonton was fantastic uh, here's a shout out to the KST guys it was great to meet you and have a meal at Subway with you, uh, <laughs> you know, shit, shit like that. Um, I got to sign some books for other people, so it was a very, very fun experience, and it was fun getting to Edmonton and back. Um, if I ever get an opportunity to travel, I would go to Edmonton in a minute. It was really cool, and you know what? Canadians are really, really, really fucking nice. Yeah, Mark. Mark's gonna. Yeah, you, you, you know, the, the crowd was fantastic. There, there was no one like fuck you, Julian. Uh, there, there, there was none of that. There was like, oh, they were. You just didn't hear them. Well, maybe, but you know. Yeah. I, and another one of the high points, Cassius. Got to meet him, and that young man, 
I really, really hope he goes far because he is fantastic. I've followed his show since he his voice was a hell of a lot higher, and he's <laughs> he's turned into a very classy young man. And obviously, he did get to interview Gene, so you know, very cool. The whole thing, fantastic. I'm you know, I just look forward to the next opportunity where I get to travel and get to interact with more fans everywhere else because you know there were people here, you know, coming up to me getting to hand out buttons and just having a good time so edmonton you guys rocked appreciated it and again if you get a hotel upgrade to a suite it'd be nice to get to experience that hotel more than four hours when you're actually asleep but there you go (laughs) i saw uh bill algae of the 80s of rock podcast and i went and saw the gene simmons show in anderson indiana earlier this year the high point of that show for me was he did got love for sale and charisma so we we were just ah the even higher point was the guy that was coming down and laying the big poster board with the lyrics on the floor yeah that happened in edmonton as well for domino and for charisma and gene's you know got his son he kept he kept taking his sunglasses off and wiping his eyes right the best part (laughs) of the cheat sheets with the lyrics on the floor is he still got the lyrics wrong (laughs) yeah but you know what he's gene simmons so yeah you know that that was my only if he didn't get the lyrics wrong it wouldn't be a gene simmons or a kiss show oh come on he screwed up deuce last night i mean deuce (laughs) so i i was happy from song one because they broke into deuce and I've, I've i've always said it that's my one really gotta have song if it's not in the set you know fuck it i am not gonna be happy so he hit that straight off the bat i was really hoping for almost human or you know almost human or got low for sale but you know when you when you weigh it all out and you get domino you get the other ones i mentioned and it was a good solid performance you know he had to stop after the first song to fucking tune and that was a good five and a half minutes of tuning and switching bass. And I was like, Jesus Christ, we're losing songs here. And then you see the set list afterwards and know you're not losing songs. But, <laughs> you know, it, it would have been over a hell of a lot quicker. So I will say, anyone out there, if Gene Simmons and his band come any, anywhere near you, you got to drive three hours. I highly recommend it. Ken, obviously you and I had tickets for Riverside and he canceled on us. So I had to fly to Canada to go see him. Hopefully he'll add it again. Yeah, you know, if, if he does another show in L.A., Gene, pick a smaller venue. There were like, what, 400, 450 people in Edmonton in a in a venue that held 4,000 or 3,000. or You know, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Go and see him because that band is putting on one hell of a show. The VIP experience was good. Just make sure that the photographer isn't on acid and actually takes your picture <laughs> while you're standing there. Um, photographer? Yeah. You get a problem with what I say? How about you send me the other pictures that were taken? Because there were so many flashes going off while I was actually standing with him. Someone took my fucking picture properly. And I would love to see it for the money I paid. So, But great show. Fantastic. Fun. So let's wrap it up. Alan, thank you so much for joining us with the topic. You are most certainly welcome. You did suggest another topic, which I think uh, would be fun to do. Um, you'll have to listen back to the show if you don't remember what you said, because... Oh. Yeah. I, I will listen back anyway. Well, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not going to edit. It's going to be... What you said is what's going up on the internet tonight. So, Alan... That's, that's how I do our episodes. From Ages of Rock. 
from Ken, from Mark, and myself, we thank you for listening. Do chime in on the topic wherever you listen. Let us know your favorite unmasked Kiss albums, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.